This podcast is brought to you by Signals, an AI marketing tool that helps you automate, grow, and close sales pipeline. Welcome to the Signals Podcast Network. Thank you for joining us on this journey of innovation through our Demand Gen Summit, Fall of 2023. Today, we are diving deep into the world of demand generation, broadening our understandings of the connections that define our digital age. Throughout this series, we will navigate breakthroughs, chat with experts, and provide a front row seat to the experiences shared at the Demand Gen Summit. For this episode, our speaker, Vladimir Blagojevic, co-founder of FullFunnel.io, will discuss how to blend ABM and Demand Gen to drive more revenue. We hope you enjoy. Perfect. So thanks a lot for the intro and thanks everybody for being here. Really excited to dive into this topic. I don't don't hear a lot of people talking about it. So what I want to do in the next 25 to maybe up to 30 minutes is just share with you the framework of how we are thinking and implementing implementing let's say the cohesive ABM, ABM and demand gen and how that helps you drive more revenue but I actually want to share with you a concrete case so you see an example of how that works in action because that is especially something that we don't see often enough so with that out of the way I wanted to first just address something that we see in the market which is kind of the fundamental fundamental mismatch between and maybe some of you have know some of you know this some of you have seen this but it's all about how the buyers buy and how we market to them and i want to share with you in a concrete example so i think we have all seen this so the linear buyer journey that doesn't exist and this is how a lot of b2b companies like maybe they don't think about it explicitly but this is how a lot of b2b companies wish their buyers buy right but especially when it comes to complex b2b five plus figures you know 50k plus a year these kind of buyers don't see an ad download an ebook decide uh, because they receive the fifth nurture email and then they decide to buy they decide because usually something happens in their business to shift their priorities to the kind of challenges that you can solve to them and then they buy from brands and people that they like that they know like and trust and they take also recommendations from the network and the people who they trust so this is unfortunately how still a lot of companies market and as i'll show in a moment it doesn't work that well now we actually took the time to map out a real buyer journey and this was just a us trying to match to map a concrete example and we all already know that we have missed a big bunch here like there's a lot of stuff that happened that we are not aware of now we had in-depth conversations with this customer mapped all of these steps and unfortunately they don't have i think it would be fun to really go through all of these steps unfortunately we don't have the time for that so i just want you to like note two things here so and the first thing is that what you can see here it was a process of about six months so demand is built over time over a long time and across many different touch points in the buyer journey and the second point that i want to take away that i would like you to take away from from this is that many of those touch points happen outside of your funnel happen on the so-called dark social or on the channels where you don't have attribution where you're not really aware of what's going on and uh, you can't really track those interactions or you can't even attribute of course your sale 
to them, okay? And so if you have this kind of a buyer journey and then on the other hand, you're trying to market in this way, you can see where the fundamental mismatch is. And unfortunately, the sad reality is that these are the kind of campaigns that we see in, and I mean, we've probably audited more than 100 B2B companies with high ACV, like always five figure plus, you know, usually it's 50K plus a year. Uh, so just to give you the context, B2B tech companies. And this is what we see. We see programs either on the one hand side, which are really focused on MQLs. And then you hit, like this was an example where we had like almost 20K MQLs generated over a period that we were looking at, uh, well, as you can see, actually, in the in that year, but only 0.2% of those ended up as actual close one deals, okay? Ended up as revenue. And then on the other hand, you have, these are kind of demand gen campaigns that, that, that we see. And then on the other hand, you have ABM campaigns where you have, in this case, what was it? Uh, more than 1,000 accounts, which is crazy, actually, if you think about it for, a, for an ABM campaign, and basically two self-qualified opportunities and only, uh, well, actually no deals, no close, close one deals. And this was like going on for a bit more than six months. They spent a quarter of a million dollars, I think, on this campaign. Um, it was kind of a pilot, but still, it's, it's just amazing to see that this is happening. This is the sad reality. And so I, what I want to address now is like why this happens, like what are the things that we miss? And also give you an example, a concrete example of how I believe we should fix that and what we see works these, these days. So what do most companies miss? Well, there is a bit of foundational stuff, bit of fundamentals that is missed. But when you think about demand generation, uh, gone are the days where you could just create something like catalyzing the AI revolution ebook and expect to drive traffic in, uh, traffic in pipeline. Demand generation for B2B buyers today requires top-notch expertise content that's aligned with the buyer journey. Basically, you want to make sure that your content is addressing the questions and objections that your buyers have as they move through the buyer journey. And since, as you saw, most of the buyer journey happens on dark social, the only way for you to figure that buyer journey out and the questions that they have is to actually run customer interviews. And that's something that we see a lot of companies miss, right? That's the number one. And number two is many companies do kind of random acts of marketing. This is actually one of our clients uh, use this word, like random acts of marketing. But anyhow, kind of disconnected, different marketing campaigns based on some brainstorm, based on some ideas, of course, trying to link it with some sort of product launches or otherwise. But if you remember, since demand is built over a, a long time and across many touch points, consistency here is a key. So you need to build a kind of a regular cadence or a calendar, whatever you like to call it, of these demand gen activities. And this is just an example of the calendar that we uh, that we run at Full Funnel. Okay, so let's go on and get to the meat of the presentation. And first, like I said, I want to present the framework 
And then I want to give you a concrete example. So, and this is like the third thing that is missed that we see is there is demand gen without uh, ABM for high value deals, for high value accounts. There's, you know, companies leaving a lot of money on the table or vice versa. There is ABM that is run basically as kind of a lead generation or popular generation program that also doesn't work. The, the, the only way that you can make them work if you make them work together. And so I'm not going to go into the details of this framework, but just want to kind of point out a few, few things. So what you have here on the top left, demand generation. So you have a bunch of demand generation activities. You have some demand capture activities. And then you have basically buyers that are ready to buy. Some buyers are not ready to buy. Buyers that are ready to buy and they have chosen you uh, for the, their consideration. You ended up on their uh, consideration set. They know how to reach out for you to you, right? And your only job is to get out of their way, to make this simple, like to remove as much friction as possible from your funnel and make it easy for them to book the call with the right AE, right? Hopefully using some sort of a tool to qualify them automatically. You don't have to, they don't have to jump through hoops and speak to the SDR and then be transferred to the IE and all of these things. But basically that's one part of the funnel. Now the other part of the funnel, that's like everything that happens on the right-hand side is the ABM. So what does it mean? It means that basically every day we see target accounts that spend sometimes north of one, two hours on our website with multiple buyers, multiple people checking out, not just, you know, bouncing of a blog post, but actually checking high intent pages, right? So you have like three, four people checking high intent pages, like product and pricing page, but they're still not reaching out to us. And these are potentially, you know, six or even sometimes in, in for, for some of our clients, like seven figure potential deals that are not yet booking the call with you. Why? There could be different reasons. We don't know, but it could be that they didn't find information they were looking for. Maybe they misunderstood something. Maybe because they buy as a team or as a buying center, they got a question from a colleague they couldn't address, a critical question or a critique they couldn't address, right? So there could be anything. So what our goal with ABM is to generate awareness across the whole buying committee, across the whole buying center, and generate awareness of how we are different and why we are worth buying in a way that makes sense to that account, essentially. So you, this is where the ABM starts. But you're, you're un, un, unlike a lot of ABM programs, you're not just taking a wish list of accounts, but you're actually sourcing them from your demand gen. That's kind of the main point here. And just to kind of wrap it all up at the bottom, you might be able to see um, you have as well some... Uh, after the deal is one of obviously I also have customer success advocacy expansion. So this is also what we look at in ABM. We don't look at just top of funnel, but really what we look at is at um, the full picture. Okay. So let me now take you through this framework, but through an example. This is what I promised, and this is what I'm going to do right now, right? So how we do this. Uh, to generate, let's say, opportunities with more than 20% of our target accounts and step-by-step -step case study. Let's go for it. And the first step in the whole process of ABM, you know, is sourcing the account from demand generation, okay? And this is, you saw this terrible 
results, thousands of accounts, two sales qualified opportunities, no deals or, you know, whatever, 16,000 MQLs and no, or 0. Uh, what was it? 0.02% or 0.2% uh, close one deals. So we studied a ton of failed campaigns and we studied also dozens of campaigns and some of them from our clients and ourselves that generated millions in revenue. And the one thing that, one thing that distinguishes these failed campaigns from successful ones is how we source the accounts for ABM. Right. And so how did a lot of companies source them? They source them basically, like I mentioned, a wish list. So, you know, they go, they go to the sales manager and the sales manager gives basically the top, you know, Fortune 500 largest Fortune 500 companies from the, the reps territory and they assign them to reps. And these are sent to you and as an as a ABM team and then you need to work on them. Or maybe you do some broad thermographic criteria, like you know, like the the campaign I mentioned, which included thousands of financial service companies in the North America, in North America, or whatever region. And sometimes they source them from some sort of like content education providers or other things. Okay, so um, when you do that, what is the problem with that? Why doesn't that work? Is because there is no intent. We don't know if they're even looking, do, if they even they have a need. They don't know our brand. Unless you're a category leader, you, they usually don't know your brand. And most often, when you look at these larger accounts, these wish list accounts, you might not even have a reasonable chance of closing that deal. And for those enterprise deals where you can have to spend 12 sometimes 18 months chasing a deal that you have less than 10% of closing, most of the companies just simply cannot afford that, right? So this is the bad way. What is the good way uh, as, as depicted here is basically sourcing them from the demand gen uh, programs. So I, I want to share with you an example, but just like the, oh, like the, the framework here is uh, companies that are there are an ICP fit, high value accounts, like we kind of like dive deeper to understand. And then we prioritize by engagement intent, potentially viral, depending on how, what kind of information you have. And we want to understand, do we consider this, uh, that they're past a certain defined engagement intent threshold? Basically, this is how you want to source the ABM account. So let me show you concretely, right? So this is an example uh, of that in, during case study it was actually a live webinar that we ran and we just used this to generate a sales qualified opportunity within 50 minutes and it really worked. I thought Andre was crazy when he proposed to do that, but uh, it worked. And so we went to our primary source of, of uh, first parties uh, in 10 data, I'm not talking about content syndication. I'm talking about some indication that some accounts might be interested in some topics. I'm talking about like uh, companies like here where you see a very relevant company for us uh, checking, in our case, consulting is kind of a product or, you know, in a pricing page, uh, checking very relevant uh, content, you know, three visitors, 
how much time they spend. I think they spent, I don't have this information, but it was like more than two hours, right? So, okay, so we decided to select this account, okay? What happens next? Okay, so the next question is, okay, what do you do with that account? We need to research and personalize our messaging. So that's that's what ABM is all about. It's about marketing to a specific account. How do we do that? Well, in this case, we started the research. So the first thing we, we, we found out is by even just simply looking at a LinkedIn, a LinkedIn sales nav, they won a Series C, they hired a bunch of salespeople, they hired a bunch of marketers. So the initial hypothesis would be like, okay, they have on an investment and they will probably have a high pressure to grow. Okay. So when then we went and we checked their website. And there we saw a couple of things. Well, we saw that actually it wasn't an investment, but it was an acquisition from Xero, which is like a accounting solution, right? And we also saw that while they have a lot of SMB customers, they are kind of trying to push specific, you know, enterprise verticals and upper mid market and enterprise uh, case studies, logos, etc. Okay, and then our final hypothesis. So we we did a little bit more research, but already now we can start formulating hypotheses. So what is the hypothesis here? So the hypothesis is that there is an ambition to grow and a pressure to show results because of the investment. The ABM motion, so they were checking ICP, they were checking ABM content, right? So they our assumption is they want to roll out an ABM motion. Why? Because they need to move up market. Why? Because their parent company, Xero, um, was it, I, I guess, wants... They have a ton of SMB customers, so they can use their existing customers that go to market uh, for uh, for that for that solution for Planday in this case. Uh, so they need to focus their marketing on the upper mid market and enterprise. So and specifically where they are in the buyer journey, they're now working on refining their ICP as they introduce the ABM motion. So this took us about 10 minutes to research and, and hypothesize, right? So we take this now and we start basically refining our messaging and what we do and how we market to that account. So let's look at the next step. So in the next step, we uh, want to identify the buyers to map out the, the, the so-called buying center. And we want to um, yeah, start basically distributing this personalized messaging to them. Uh, so uh, in this case, okay, so this was a tier two, uh, according to our account segmentation, where we know part of our ICP, we know, okay, for tier two, we know that our champion usually is either VP of marketing, or in this case, they didn't have a VP of marketing, it was director of growth marketing, this sometimes happens. And then the, the decision maker might be a, a CMO, it might be other people who are involved. But since this was a live case study, we decided to focus on this one gentleman, director of growth marketing. So what happens next? We obviously need to select and start researching these target buyers. And so what we very soon discovered as we were researching the target buyers is it kind of like confirmed 
um, our hypothesis is that they were doing this motion, changing or, or transforming their marketing from SMB to enterprise because a lot of their people didn't really have the like SMB skills all over the place. So that's why they're checking us out as a vendor because they need to learn these skills and transform their marketing function, right? So that was another piece of the information. So we now have the buyer. We know we mapped out our buying center. We, we have some insights and hypotheses. So what is next? Next, we want to split the engagement. So what does it mean? It's kind of like multi-threaded engagements. As you can see here on the left, we have our different roles in our team, right? With sales and marketing team versus the different buyer roles. So you kind of like split the different buyers between the key people that are involved in your ABM motion, okay? And these are usually marketing and sales profiles. Okay, so in this case, because you're alive and it's just it was just the two of us, Andre and myself, we split that one person, but we split the activities between the two of us. So what did we do? In the next step, what you want to do is you want to start engaging with the buyers in the buying committee. And there are different playbooks that you can use. Um, you know, you can start engaging on social, you can use one to few events, one to one events, you can use, uh, you know, there's community plays, you can use a lot of like co-creation. So let's just show the concrete examples that we used and we used this live. And the first thing was Andre found a post from our target buyer where he was actually commenting on Chris Walker's post and asking some questions about attribution, okay? Now, what was interesting about it, it was again, was uh, an evidence or, or piece of evidence for a hypothesis of you know going from SMB to enterprise, and so that was a great opportunity for for Andre to engage with him, and to also educating about the difference uh, when it, in attribution when it comes to enterprise versus SMB. So what you see here is obviously like engaging. Post, posting a thoughtful comment makes it easier for you to connect to them. But also, it's actually, if you think about it, like personalized content in ABM is not just about, you know, producing whatever piece of content and then distributing it to the target account. But actually, in this case, comment is that perfectly personalized, one-on-one -on -one, uh, personalized piece of content, right? So uh, that's what happened next. And then meanwhile, because we kind of split it, I started engaging with him. And I, the first step was to send him a personalized invite. So that's another thing you can do, right? And you can see that I used the fact that we were doing live on stage and writing this invite live on stage. He loved it. He accepted this. I you know, dropped a, dropped a screenshot here, right? And he loved it, so we started chatting. And I decided to use another playbook. And in this case, this was content co-creation. So I invited him to join our podcast. And the interesting thing here is, is just if, if you just read this message. So well done, spot on, hitting me at the right exact time. Okay, so this is the first bit. That's why, because we generated the demand, we 
saw that they were highly engaged. It was very timely. This happened like a few days before that. They were just in that moment. They still didn't reach out to us, right? But look at the response. Like it felt like, okay, we are reaching in just the exact time. Almost like we are reading his mind, right? And then he's saying, happy to share thoughts from the inside. Can tell you exactly where I am in terms of needs of the budget on ABM efforts plan day. So this is, of course, a dream come true, right? That, by the way, all happens within those 15 minutes, okay? So this was really cool because, um, again, I invited him to a podcast interview. There's many different ways which you can run this co-creation place. But this allows you to dive deeper and to really understand exactly these kind of things, like where they are in terms of their ABM or whatever you're selling, right? Um, what is where they are, what the priorities are, what the challenges are, etc. And of course, to build a relationship and all these nice things. And then what happens after that? I mean, that was actually already generated, uh, let's say, SQL, quote unquote. But what happens after that is after that conversation, now we can go even deeper and even more personalize our approach to whatever we learn about them. So this is just an example of a direct mail, again, one-on-one -on -one personalization that we sent after having a conversation with the buyer where they, they shared like very specific challenges that they had. And so I'm not writing at all, you know, about genetic challenges and priorities, but I'm actually positioning our solution perfectly within what I've learned their top priorities are and what is important to them and all these things, right? So this works really well. We usually get 100% response rate on this kind of direct mail that is so personalized for those types of accounts, right? And, um, you know, always picking a, an a, attention-grabbing present or a gift. In this case, it was a book because we knew that this person, the CEO, was into cycling in the Alps, so we bought him the book with the best stores. This guy was into... Uh, doing stuff. It was Christmas and he liked to make stuff together with his family. So we built a really nice personal puzzle that he could build. And so that's that's kind of, of course, you, how you stand out and create attention, right? And this is the this is kind of, I think, the end of the case study. But this is usually, unfortunately, not the end. Unfortunately, unfortunately, that's the reality, not the end of the sales process. So even if you have a selected your accounts in the best possible way, best possible accounts. They're highly engaged. They have intent. It still, of course, doesn't mean that they are going to buy from you at that moment. So what you want to do is you want to keep nurturing them until they're ready to buy because you want to kind of stay branded as a top provider in your space so that when they're ready, they think of you. And so how can you do that? Just a couple more examples. You can obviously keep on engaging them on the places where they hang out. If that's you know, LinkedIn, again, you can keep posting comments. You can uh, actually create relevant posts. We have a client that is amazing at this. So he creates like posts, uh, finds news about the account and then creates a post about it that he does this beautifully. And then uh, obviously you can include them in specific retargeting campaigns. But also, like, especially when you have audience that is technical, that may be not as active on social, 
also finding like niche communities or niche associations and engaging there is another great way that you can kind of stay top of their mind. And with that, I'm coming on 28 minutes, I think. And so maybe there's maybe there are questions. I could take one or two, I believe. Let me know. Let me know what you thought of the presentation otherwise uh, before I'm going to log out. But uh, in any case, thank you so much for being here and for your attention. I hope you got some value out of this. We hope you have enjoyed delving into the intricate world of demand generation and gaining a fresh perspective on the forces that drive our interconnected world. If you found today's episode intriguing, don't forget to check out others on our website at getsignals.ai so you never miss an opportunity to explore the latest breakthroughs and insights. A special thank you to our dedicated teams for making this episode possible. Your passion for uncovering the innovative realities of demand generation is what fuels this podcast. And lastly, but certainly not least, a big thanks to you, our listeners. Your curiosity and enthusiasm keeps us motivated to bring you the most engaging content. Until next time.